This is the Monoology Podcast. Monroe County, Ohio. It's my home. With your hosts, Mike and Joey. Hello, Mike. Hello, Joey. Guess what? Episode 13. 13? Lucky 13. I don't yeah. know who's, who's lucky, per se. All the listeners are lucky. They get to hear us every week. Yeah, so, um, well, we found out that uh, um, we do have a, a few listeners. We don't have many. We have a few. Um, and so thank you to those that are paying attention to us and, uh, and liking us uh, and going out there and, and supporting us and sharing the page. Um, trying to get it to load here. So, we have 58 followers. Well, that's not bad. I mean, 13 weeks, I'm sure that'll continue to grow. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, it's not, uh, let's see, 58 followers. We only have about 36, 37,000 people. So, that is less than 1%. Less than one-tenth of a percent. We're going to keep going, though. We're, yeah, we're going. We're not giving every up week, on Yamara County. Every week we get more. Uh, we're going to keep coming at you guys like uh, bad, like a bad dream, a uh, uh, bad penny. Uh, anything else you want to say, we are going to keep driving forward. Although, i got to tell you, so, Mike, I was digging around in our applications here, and um, I found where some of the data is coming from or where some of our viewers are coming from. Oh, you did? Yes. That could be interesting. So if we look at the United States map, most of our, um, our views are here in Ohio, obviously, but we also have viewers in Michigan, Virginia, Kentucky, and North Carolina. Didn't I see Alaska on there? Um, Alaska is on there. Like, there's one in Massachusetts, one in Colorado, one in California. Arkansas has two. Kentucky has three. Um, I have family in Kentucky. I highly doubt any of them are listening. But if you are, let me know. <laughs> Send me a text. Um, Alaska doesn't have any downloads. Um, so it looks like it's finally caught up. I think people might have thought early on, because we were getting, like, Oregon and Washington State. I think they thought it was Mount Gilead or Morrow County. Oregon. Okay. And yeah. Not Mara County, Ohio. Well, I'll tell you what, we might get more listeners in Hawaii if we went there and did a remote. You think so? Yeah. How are we going to pay for that? That's your that, that, no, that's my, that's <laughs> that's my your problem. department. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm so, just along for the ride. So, uh, again, folks, we are trying to bring this podcast out to get all of the news, latest events, uh, a fun historical fact. Michael, since you weren't here last week, I brought you, um, I brought, I, I channeled my inner mic, and I That's told scary <laughs> no dad jokes uh, or puns last Must have been week. a boring show. Um, it was. It was just me <laughs> staring, you know, at myself on my laptop. Um, but you had a great guest on. Who did I have last week? The new place of something. Yes. Yes. So I had Denim and Eric. From EDS Sauce Guys, which uh, we still don't have an update yet on them when they're opening. Um, but I did get some of their sauce. I bought the mustard sauce. Oh, it's delicious. I'm sure it is. It's delicious. It is. It's a mustard barbecue sauce, uh-huh. but it's got like that just nice heat in the back, and it's right. not too hot. And what I noticed is all their sauces I tried, although they tasted real hot, they were nice. They weren't like... 
flood your mouth with so much capsaicin that you can't even function. They just had a heat, and they were really nice, like okay. really balanced, super nice. So when those guys get out there, um, definitely, definitely. Now, they are going one. to have on-premises eating as well. Yeah, so they're going to have a restaurant. They're going to have a very limited menu um, opening up. One thing they talked about, though, Mike, was their pineapple coleslaw. Um, I kind of made that face, too, because I wasn't <laughs> sure, because I don't like coleslaw at all. Well, I don't, I'm not a big pineapple um, fan. But I'm going to actually try that because it sounds pretty good. They're going to do um, cornbread. Everything comes with chips. And this cornbread is one that's it's not a dry cornbread. And it's smoked as well. Uh, that's how it's baked. Um, and then they're doing smoked bologna and um, pork, pulled pork. Oh, wow. Uh, that's what they're going to open. So what they're a opening menu. with a small menu yeah. with room to expand. I really tried my best to... Try to get them to do brisket right off the bat, but they're not going to. And this is something interesting. So they're only going to do uh, a very limited number. So they may only make 100 servings, and I'm making that up. They didn't tell me or anything, but they're only going to make 100 servings, and when it's out, it's out. And if they have leftovers, guess what? They're donating that leftover. Okay. So it's not going to get reheated because thou shalt not reheat barbecue. I think that was one of the commandments. I'm not sure. A barbecue, not of the biblical commandments. One of the okay. barbecue. I, yeah. I was going to say I didn't recall that one. Yeah, um, and so um, they're going to they're going to donate that. And I got to tell you, those guys were fun. They were super fun. So you really missed a good week last week. Um, so how about we talk about some things that are coming up? Well, let me let me just say this: uh, Mount Gilead has a variety of uh, eating places. Uh, it could be a, a go-to place for uh, for people looking for a place to eat. I mean, we have Mexican, we have Chinese now. They're all almost mom and pop, too. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, the End Zone. The End Zone. Down at, uh, what was, Grill and Shell? What's the Field of now? Treats. Field of Treats. Um, you had the Legacy down that, at, That's true. Down in the South End at 95, or at 61 and 71. Okay. Um, and we have Main Street Bar and Grill. I believe that is in Marengo. Um, we have, oh, what is the name of the place that, uh, where the Patriot was in Cardington? I cannot remember what that is right off the bat. There's several pizza places, a, yeah. um, that are, uh, you know, original. They're not a, a food chain. Right. Um, you know, Pizzaburg is one of those. Pirate's so, Cove is another. Um, so really, you know, folks, if you, you don't have to leave the county to get some good food. No. And if you're from outside the county, come over and, and join us. That's right. We've got all kinds of good stuff. And guess what? Just this week, we opened up what's called Victory in the Village. Yes. It's a juice bar. Uh, like They sell like health drinks and teas okay. and That's stuff That's like where that. Save-A-Lot was in that little... Yeah, in that, yeah. Uh, it's where Pizzaburg was okay. prior to moving down by the fairgrounds. Right. There. Yeah, so they just I opened. about them. And I am going purple to... Purple Indian. All Purple Indian, yes. The I understand that they're using the old recipes from... From the old days of the Purple Indian, so yes. that's good. And uh, I talked about that just ever so slightly, um, but you know, having worked the Purple Indian for four years straight and then three years on and off as they mm-hmm. needed me and things, um, I got to tell you, I was not disappointed with the pizza. Not at all. Uh, that was good pizza. And it was, it's always nice to have some good PI pizza. I don't know what it is about that crust. I think it's because it is a yeast-based crust that they make – 
and it rises and they punch it down and it rises and they punch it down and then they roll it. I, th- I think it's that. I think that's what it is. Their with pizza the is mixture. Off, is Austin is Austin is awesome. But you know what I really liked as well was their salads. Oh yes, I'm sure they. What was the big chief big, salad? Or? Uh, it, it was just a, a chef salad, okay. the super salad. There were some wonderful was, yeah. salads there. So there's another the big good chief place. was the sub, the big everything sub. Yeah, yeah. That and oh, I haven't had an Italian sub. But I always got like banana peppers on mine, no tomatoes on the Italian. But I would do the ham and hard salami. Oh, okay, okay, uh, you're making me hungry. Come on. All right. So <laughs> upcoming, we have a flea market. Flea market warning. All right, flea market, June fifth and sixth. Uh, it's a Saturday Sunday. It is at the Morrow County Depot, and that is out actually in Edison. So hit ninety five going out towards Marion. And that um, looks like they're going to be using uh, the parking lot around the building there to have the flea market. Um, the internet is not working very and well here. Another good place to eat that you just mentioned. Yeah. And was it American Grub in, in Edison? I don't want to leave them oh, out. Oh, yes. And I actually have not had anything from there. I honestly, I don't go to that end of town, but very rarely other than to go to Kroger. Because I work up in Mansfield, so it, you know. It just, I just don't want to leave somebody out here when we're talking about the food places. Yeah, no, it's it's super easy. I mean, you know, you find um, you find that. So okay, back the to the flea, flea market. Eight thirty a.m. and it ends at six thirty on Sunday, June sixth. So that's a Saturday, Sunday, eight to three, and then six thirty. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, eight thirty a.m. to six thirty p.m. And again, that is at forty four South Main Street. Oh wait, no, that's here in Mount Gilead. Oh, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. It is not Edison Depot, Morrow County Depot. So that is actually the retail store down here that went in at the old Wolfpack. Okay, where Hafner's was, where I had my first job, yes. Yes. So going back... <laughs> 44 South Main Street. Yes, and I'm trying to remember what was there. Curves was there for years. Well, and for That's a while, Dollar General was in there. I never remember Dollar General in there. I only remember then them in Decker's street. old... Um, location down there that's the only place i remember them it's really a cool building um so that again is morrow county depot retail and resale they're having a um, flea market uh at 44 south main street mount gilead on june 5th and june 6th from 8 30 to 6 30 and then okay i've driven by this many times and i normally wouldn't share this because it's not in morrow county but if you are driving down um, down um, south, there is a um, horse center meditation and pray, prayer circle. It's actually, so it's not close to here, it's um, Circle P Sanctuary. And I've seen a lot of things, um, it's, it's down in Marengo actually. So I, okay. I'm, I'm wrong, I thought it was a little further south and outside of Morrow County, but it's not, it's in, Mar- in Marengo. And it's at the Circle P Sanctuary. It's a horse rescue, um, <clears throat> and it's run out of the Circle P Ranch. Uh, and so what they do there is it uh, basically looks like you get to spend time with the horses. And I know that there's been a lot of meditation or yoga with goats, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of those things. And, and more now than ever, you know, we kind of need that, that, um, that type of stuff. Yes, we do. You know, uh, and, uh, you know, we didn't talk about this, Mike, at all. The restrictions for COVID are going away as of June 2nd. And the CDC has already said if you're fully vaccinated, 
you do not need to wear masks. You do not need to socially distance um, unless you are in a healthcare facility. So that is good. So I'm fully expecting for us to be able to start talking about parades <laughs> and all the other fun stuff. And just as a note, Mike, Morrow Little Theater, we're working. We've got our wheels turning. We are looking at trying to get uh, a couple things together for this year. Uh, we will be um, getting together here real soon to talk about um, what we want to do. So I don't want to give anything. Um, but if you're listening, uh, go on Facebook and uh, shoot us a, um, a, a note on Facebook or leave us a, a, some feedback on one of our posts about what show you might like us to do. Because right now we're open. Um, we've canceled a couple shows um, and we're not going to do those because the timing's just not right. Right. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're looking to see what we can do. But uh, I definitely wanted to share that because I thought it was important for people to know. Well, you so. mentioned that uh, the CDC has uh, said that if you're fully vaccinated, you won't need a mask. I am fully vaccinated, but I have been asked by many people to continue wearing a mask. So I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, you know, some people have, have determined that uh, they're going to still require, and that is completely up to the owner of the area that you're going into. They still may require masks. And uh, Kroger has, I see, they, they've rele released their structure or the restrictions and said, if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. Um, I got to tell you, I felt really naked the first time that I went into, like, Walmart without a mask. I felt really, I felt like I was missing. Myself, um, I feel relieved. <laughs> Myself, so. It, it just, I don't know. Like, I got so used to it. I mean, I wear them at work all day long. Um, and so I, I kind of you know, got used to it. So, all right. So I'm looking here because I know there were a few more events that are going to be happening. Uh, folks, go out and like the Bring Sunshine to Morrow County page. It's um, another good page. There's Morrow County online garage sales. That, that season is kicking off. And now with COVID restrictions, um, I totally uh, think that um, we're going to be seeing a lot more of that. Uh, yeah, I'm still in, a, in the market for a garage, so I might go out to some garage sales, see if I can find one to fit my needs. Two-thirds of a pond. All right. And then, um, oh, never mind. I can't share that one because that one is over. Um, or will be over tonight. Um, there's also, just so you guys know, there's um, there are lots of pages. I'm just going to list a couple pages here. There's Morrow County, Ohio Block Watch, Morrow County, Ohio, uh, Morrow County Farmers Market, Morrow County for Sale or Trade, Think Local First, Morrow County, Ohio, uh, Bringing Sunshine to Morrow County, um, let's see, Morrow County Online Garage Sales, Ohio. There's. Um, Morrow County, Ohio, past, present, and future, which I'm a, an administrator on. Central Ohio Sales, Morrow County. Uh, Trinity United Methodist Church, they have a post and they do a lot of things. There's a Morrow County political page. Um, there, Literally, there's tons of stuff for Morrow County. Um, and not just Morrow County. Here's one that is Morrow County and surrounding counties, free family funds. So ideas of stuff that you can do. Um, to get out there so go out there folks and like some of these pages and figure out what you might want to do and uh where you're headed so all right mike so what do you got anything that uh, you want to share in this i would like to here? share that um next week we're going to actually post this on facebook a little bit earlier or post, uh, post it online a little bit earlier than we have been 
and we will run down where all of the um, Memorial Day services and when they are uh, before Memorial Day. That, yeah, Memorial Day has literally just snuck up on us. Um, and you know what else has, has kind of snuck up on us is graduation. Oh, yes. So you guys are going to be seeing soon. I talked to Mayor Brucker, and the senior banners will be going up here in town. Oh, we have senior banners. Yes. So it was a thing that he um, did to kind of help honor the seniors for last year because, you know, they really weren't getting a graduation. Right. Um, and so um, he took on that project, and the seniors then, you know, where um, – the on the light posts they okay, have yeah. those um they are the same as they look they're the same size and everything um but these are full color um banners that uh the seniors i believe get to keep after they're taken down that is they, so cool they get yeah. Them. yeah um and and mayor brett that's his his uh, baby project there that's awesome and after talking to him he's gonna we're gonna bring him back mike he has been um telling me that he's working on a couple po- cool projects we're gonna want to bring him back Okay. Um, he's got some pretty cool things that uh, he's been working on. So we'll get him back. And uh, just so people know, um, I've seen it on multiple pages. I'm going to address it now. We, as in uh, Mount Gilead, will not be opening the pool this year. There is um, a serious issue with the pool. Um, and for safety, they needed to close it. And because of that, um, it, you know, we're not going to be able to open it. Um, it's for safety and we need to maintain that uh first and foremost i understand people are upset because hey it's a pool it's our pool it's It's memorial day yeah yes but for safety it cannot be used so uh in lieu of that this year um you know a lot of people bought their own pools last year but you also have um down at cardinal center they have a pool down there i think you can get a pass to get into you can go to cardington they have a pool galleon marion um, they all have pools that are local. Um, Candlewood, I think you have Marion to Marion might not be open. They're, they, they can't, they're having a hard time finding enough lifeguards. And that's the other thing that we're seeing is there's not enough people to fill the jobs. Right. Um, and so Cedar Point, you know, yeah. just this week said we're not going to be able to open some weekends or some dates because we don't have the staff. And I saw somebody from, that works there said we're already working 14 to 16-hour days and um, – we don't have enough staff and i mean and that's i mean that's serious you want some of those people on their game to make sure that they're recognizing some of the the safety th- pieces of some of those rides right you don't so, want just anybody uh, uh operating some of those coasters that's for sure yeah i mean with a demon drop or any oh, of the others geez, the demon drop um so um, I think that's about it. I don't think there's not there's not a lot posted this week, Mike. So, um, folks, if uh, Mike and I need some ideas, we need some help. I mean, one thing that besides, I'd like to do, Joey. Yeah, I'd like to get the mayors of all the villages in one at a time, not all at the same time, on here to talk about their village, what's going on. We are not just focusing on Mount Gilead. Yes, but we're trying to focus on all of Mara County. Yes. Yeah, so, Patty Fustel, if you're listening, yeah. Um, Patty, you got my number. Give me a call. I'm not even sure uh, who is mayor of Chesterville now. Um, we can find out. So, yeah, we want to get some folks on. We want to know what's going on, especially Maringo. You guys got a lot going on down there. Cardington. We want to know. Susie Payton. I need to have a conversation with Susie Payton. I haven't worked with Susie in years. Uh, so, Susie, if you're listening or anybody who knows Susie, tell her. 
friends of Cardington, we know you guys, uh, some of you listen to this. Um, and actually, a little bit of that conversation is going to go on here um, in the next segment. Uh, talking with Wes Goodman. He's one of the uh, Friends of Cardington folks. Um, so, all right. Well, I think that might be it. Do you have okay. Anything? Yeah? No? Nothing? Well, we must bid you a fond farewell then. Well, not farewell. Just goodbye on this segment and we'll go into the next segment. Oh, that's true. We're not done yet, are we? No. So we the next segment, stuff to come. we're going to talk about Cardington Food Pantry. Mm-hmm. And the Civil War Monument update in uh, Cardington. As well as the Tokay Club. Oh, yes. And then the flashback is the Tokay Club. This week's Morrow County Flashback brought to you by the Morrow County Historical Society. Hey, Joey, before I get into to this week's uh, history uh, flashback. Yes. Do you know what this is? I want to say... hold up to the mic to see if people out there know. Um, I want to say that that's a piccolo. It is not a piccolo. I don't know. It is what's called a song flute. A song flute. And it was invented by the very first um, uh, person in charge of music the, uh, at the Mount Gilead schools back in the 1920s. Oh, so that wasn't Randy Mann that was... No, the Randy Mann hasn't been around quite that long. <laughs> but um, um, E.J. Fitchhorn uh, invented this, which eventually, I believe, became what we knew as a recorder or a flutophone. Okay. Now, I'm not going to go into that story today because Kevin Evans is, has uh, covered this very well on the Morrow County Historical Society Facebook page. So if you want to find out about E.J. Fitchhorn and the song flute... Go to the Morrow County Historical Society Facebook page, and he's got all the information on Mr. Fitchhorn right there. Now, I do uh, believe, before you, as you're trying to get ready here, uh, yesterday, so we're recording on Sunday, but Saturday, uh-huh. I believe Kevin gave his talk about Nathaniel Tucker. Nathan Tucker, um, yes. And you are going to cover a piece of Nathaniel Tucker history, too. At some point, we will. Okay. I might just have Kevin come in here and do it. He's, that would he's be awesome. very, very good at that uh, particular subject. Now, since we're talking about uh, Nathaniel Tucker just a little bit, um, Mar- uh, Mount Gilead is now accepting the um, nominations for the Tucker Award. For the Nathan Tucker Award, So yes. if anyone is interested, you can, vi- uh, you can visit the Mount Gilead Village page for that information and for the nomination form. Uh, and again, that award goes to folks who have spent time trying to better the community. Uh, and so there have been several folks who are very well-deserving, who mm-hmm. have earned that. Um, and uh, so again, it's an annual award, and they're looking for those folks again now. So Now, it's interesting you brought up Nathan Tucker because he had built uh, where Joe's Hardware is, is known as the Tucker Block. Mm-hmm. And he built a lot of those buildings there. And buildings across the road from where his, uh, where the Amaro um, Health Center is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to be focusing on the building where Joe's Hardware is on the third floor. That was known as the Tokay Club. Tokay. I could not figure out how to pronounce that. Okay. So how did you say Tokay? Tokay. And it's T O Q U E T. Okay. So it must the be Tokay Club. Now. You have any idea what Tokay means? I have absolutely. It's an no Indian idea. word, from what I understand, from an early uh, newspaper oh, I it article. Was French. 
No, no, no. <laughs> well, toque in French is actually a type of hat, I do believe. Oh, okay. So if you if you Google toque, you're going to come up with a hat. <laughs> but this is actually an Indian name that means just the thing. Hmm. And okay. uh, Nathan Tucker was, of course, one of the first members of the toque club. Um, the Just the Thing Club. The Just the Thing Club. Interesting. It okay. sounds like something from the 70s, actually, but it was from the 1800s. What is it? Just the Thing. There you go. Where are you going, Just the Thing? Well, my friend... Um, um, you're messing with my, with my sound here, <laughs> adjusting the mic. Okay, Mike. sorry about that. Mike, you're adjusting the mic, Mike. Stan Sype, my friend Stan yes. Sype, has once again put together uh, wonderful information on the Tokay Club with his... Uh, with his um, investigative skills so I'm going to read it as he wrote it and uh, this is about the Tokay Club this club was formed in 1899 by a group of business and professional men the number of charter members is unknown also unknown is the significance of the word Tokay although in this newspaper article it meant just the thing the Tokay Club a private entity provided a place for Mount Gilead's more well-to-do male citizens to spend their leisure time. Although the location of the original quarters is unknown, club members moved into the spacious accommodations on the third floor of the new building at 52 through 54 South Main Street, erected by Dr. Nathan Tucker in 1901. And you will see his name on the front of that building. These men furnished their club rooms with ornate decorations such as a wigwam, mounted heads of a wild game, Implements of warfare, both ancient and modern, a library of literary works, a billiards table, fine furniture, fancy rugs, and other adornments. Hmm. A year after the club was established in the Tucker Block, a restaurant called the Tokay Cafe opened in the basement of the building. This eatery had no affiliation with the club. It failed after a short time. The Tokay Club was incorporated in 1905. Two years later, the members made extensive improvements to their home away from home. Two new rooms, a formal dining room and a kitchen, were built. In addition, the walls and ceiling were refinished. The facility now boasted a main room and lounge, lounging area, billiards, parlor, uh, dining room, cloakroom, lavatory, and full kitchen. Members of the Tokay Club gathered at the first of the year for a banquet and the annual election of officers. This was the only time of year these men gathered formally to discuss club business. For years, the Tokay Club hosted a series of dances in their quarters, all with live music. Furthermore, the club rooms were utilized for private functions such as birthday parties and weekly bridge games. The American Legion Post and the Kiwanis Club held their founding meetings there. For decades, a New Year's Eve party was held at the Tokay Club. At the club's annual banquet in 1910, the menu included such items as cranberry frappe, roast turkey and dressing, peas on patties, pickles, and plum pudding. Hmm. After the meal, the toast made by the members were on the warpath, our wigwam, the squaws, the papooses, and protecting our reservation. At the next year's anniversary, Smoker, the toast list was observed, the dawn of a new era, cats, the new leaf, that dark brown taste, and finally, just your own judgment. 
Another feature of the annual banquets that these men anticipated greatly was the storytelling hour in which each member contributed. Members of the Tokay Club formed a booster organization in 1913 to advance the business interest of Mount Gilead. It was about this time that the members began holding an annual minstrel show at Levering Hall, which proved to be a must-see event. It was during World War I that Tokay Club members lost one of their own, Dr. Thomas P. Johnston, a member for several years, died in France while in the Army Medical Corps. To aid in the fight against Germany, club members voted to use surplus treasury funds to purchase war-saving stamps. After Morrow County was awarded the Victory Shaft for its War Relief Fund raising efforts, a gigantic dedication ceremony was held in Mount Gilead on December 4, 1919. On that afternoon, a reception was held at the Tokay Club for two visiting dignitaries with local ties, U.S. Ambassador to France, William G. Sharp, a Mount Gilead native, and United States Senator Warren G. Harding, born in North Bloomfield Township. That was me. I played Warren G. Harding. That's right. You did play Harding. Just in the reenactment. Yes. In March 1932, a Hard Times party was held in the club rooms by the members and their wives. Prizes were awarded for the most original costumes. The final social event hosted by the Tokay Club was a New Year's Day dance on January 1st, 1934. Three days after that dance, members of the club gathered one final time and voted to suspend all activities. This action was taken due to the prevailing business conditions at the time. After 35 years, the Tokay Club died a quiet death due to the Great Depression. For three and a half decades, the Tokay Club was arguably the crown jewel of Mount Gilead's secret societies. This exclusive club counted among its members the town's movers and shakers and social elite. Tokay Club members also participated in many other organizations and were among the business and society leaders of Mount Gilead for generations. And Joey, I have the uh, book that was actually used for oh, people look, to sign in who were guests. Yes, it does. And uh, Warren G. Harding's signature is here nice. from when he visited, and, and, um, and William Sharp as well when visited in 1919. So the uh, Morrow County Historical Society has possession of that. Um, if you'd like to see it, we do keep it locked up, but uh, we'd be glad to share that with you as the uh, Morrow County Historical Society as well. So the Tokay Club is still there. It, it's not active, but I've seen in the windows from the ground level. That's another building I'd like to go into because I've seen you know, the stairwell that goes down to what was a, a uh, restaurant, right. the Tokay Cafe, mm -hmm. and then you can see up to the second floor and third floor above. Sometime I'd love to go in there. I'd love to go in all. Oh, I want to go up there too. <laughs> Honestly, all these buildings downtown, they just have such a history um, that would just be phenomenal to um, to do. And since you weren't here last week, we did a live Facebook stream down at EDS Brothers Sauce. Yes, I saw um, that. And uh, that's I think that I think that went over well it looked like it had several views and we it was shared quite a bit so um give us some feedback mike and i want to know what building would you like us to uh, get into and kind of do some facebook tours uh to get folks out there uh you know kind of put let's push that history out you know let's let's re revive the history um so well that's that's an awesome story i like it i think you know what high five to stan 
yes. for his research and his dedication. I know he's downstairs working right now. I mm-hmm. uh, saw him when I came in. So, All right. Well, thanks, Mike. Well, you're welcome. Well, today we have with us John Lawyer and Wes Goodman. John Lawyer is the uh, president of the uh, Cardington Food Pantry Board, and Wes is a Goodman. Wes is a <laughs> Wes is a Goodman. Wes is a volunteer with the food pantry as well, and would like to welcome you to uh, Marology. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Okay. Uh, first of all, why don't you give us a little background? Um, how long have you been doing this food giveaway? Okay, the food pantry started 11 years ago uh, when Gene Smith and a couple other ladies from the First United Methodist Church uh, seen a need in the community. The first year they had averaged about 11 clients a month. Uh, and since then it has grown. I'm sure. A lot. Uh, last year we averaged a little over 125 clients a week, so uh, proportionally it has grown quite a bit. So is 2020 the busiest year yet? 2020 is busier than this year was. Uh, that was our biggest year. We've seen a real increase in growth in 2020. This year the numbers have been down a little bit. We feel that that's probably because of the increased assistance that the government's given families that would qualify and utilize the food pantry. Uh, some of the stimulus checks, the supplemental unemployment, and some of the school lunch programs that they didn't have before that. But there's still quite the need. We run usually 60 to 70 families every week. So the wow. need's still pretty high. That's a lot. That is, that is a lot. And so it sounds like you guys are definitely doing a, um, a service to the community. Uh, we th- definitely. We feel so. Uh, I think uh, we seem to be well appreciated by the, uh, the families we serve. We serve families with young families of lots of kids, and we serve a lot of senior citizens. And then the thing we notice the most now is we serve a lot of senior citizens as raising grandkids and Mm -hmm. skipping a generation and that seems to be where there's a real need because they get caught in between some of the government subsidies that's there for some of the other families right so question for you how um how do you guys operate do you have paid folks who do this or are you all volunteer based or we are 100 percent volunteer based we uh food pantry started once it was organized there's seven different denominational churches that help finance and supply part of the labor for the food pantry. Uh, And then uh, we have a lot of volunteers from the community, but it's 100% volunteer base. Uh, We use, uh, there's no paid paid people for the pantry and uh, all of our money comes from either grants or uh, local donations. Uh, we work through Mid-Ohio Food Pantry in Columbus, which gives us the buying ability that normally you wouldn't have otherwise. So does that still give you guys the, what is it, $1 provides four meals? That- uh, actually, it's a lot different. It's better than that. Is it? Uh, $1, basically, until recently, we could buy most of our food for $0.08 cents a pound, plus five cents for chipping. So most of our food would cost us 13 cents a pound. So if we got 
hamburger steaks in, we was paying 13 cents a pound. If we got canned food in, we was paying 13 cents a pound. Uh, sometimes some of those are higher. Sometimes some of those are free. Uh, lately, in the last four or five months, because of some virus packages from the federal government through Mid-Ohio, all of our food that we've got at the food pantry is free. We pay shipping and we have other costs, but the actual food items that we get are at no cost to us. So that's been a real plus for us, especially during the period of time when our numbers went up so much. Okay, uh, do you get all the food through that distributor or can local folks uh, give donations of food? Okay. We, uh, no, local, we'll accept food from anybody. We, uh, we like Mid-Ohio, we use like local donations, uh, and uh, we, uh, we get some of the local farms have supplied us with uh, sausage and fresh meats. Uh, we get some fresh produce and, and uh, plants through some of the greenhouses at times. Uh, some of the local organizations supply us with uh they have food drives and they bring in food to us one of the things that's kind of hard for people to understand is a basket of food is nice but if you give us four or five dollars which is a lot less than that basket of food costs we can buy a lot more, a lot more for that same that amount way, of money sure. so, so in in value for us to get the most for a buck cash donations do us more good than Okay. Other, now, but we like we like anything. Well, one of the things that was neat at the beginning of the pandemic was uh, seeing folks really all over the county figuring out everything they could do to help us. Seeing that we were busy, one of the uh, things I remember were some of the school teams, uh, the sport teams that didn't have a season, but had all of the stuff that they had purchased for concessions, bringing that and donating it to the pantry. You know, they couldn't return it, they couldn't do sure. anything with it, so. You know, we had all sorts of candy and pop and things like that that maybe the parents didn't appreciate so much, but the kids really lit sure. up when we had some of that we were going to be able to give away. So it has been really neat, especially over the last year, to see how the county has really stepped forward with the food pantry. What kind of uh, qualifications does a person have to have? Or what kind do they need identification, proof of... Um of income or what do they need in order to receive food from you? Okay. <clears throat> With the new guidelines that we work through, we work through Mid-Ohio guidelines, um, our families need to be from Mar County or attend Mar Cardington School in the neighboring mm -hmm. counties. So it could be like somebody from, Cardi uh, from Marion County, but if they go to Cardington School, those families are eligible. Uh, so in, basically anybody from our county, except for our produce giveaway, which once a month we give away 10,000 pounds of produce, and then it's anybody from the state of Ohio. So we open that up to anybody. Um, otherwise, supposedly they need to be 200% of the poverty level, but that's strictly volunteer information. We don't verify that information. Uh, we... Uh, collect the number of people in the family, but we don't verify that information either. It's a, we use kind of an honor system. Uh, so that's how we do now. Even if somebody comes to the out of the county once, because they just don't know, we will give anybody food one time, uh, because we think that if they came to get it, they need it. 
Right. And we want to help them as good as we can. And then we explain to them, or usually give them some pamphlets of where else they can find food in their communities. Okay. Um, all right. That answers a lot of the questions I had. Uh, now you had some exciting news about possibly a new location? Yes. Uh, the food pantry just in the last couple weeks has purchased uh, some ground uh, on State Route 529 east of the high school and County Road, or well, Township Road 144. Uh, this is about a half mile east of the uh, Cardington High School. Hopefully sometime this fall we'll be building a pantry where we'll be uh, totally ours so we'll, we'll be, we gives us more flexibility of how we handle our food items. Probably easier for the traffic flow as well. Well, yeah, the church, uh, First Methodist Church has done a fantastic job working with us, but we have to work within their church schedule, and that doesn't always the most convenience for us. The building we're building also is going to be unique. It's going to have drive-through capability, which is what oh, we're doing really? now. Mm -hmm. It's also going to have in-store chopping capability like we used to do, so it'll give us the best of wow. both situations. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, one thing we didn't cover is when you have the food distribution. Okay, uh, food pantry is the Wednesday, the first four Wednesdays of the month, from 9 till noon and then produce distribution where we get 10,000 pounds of produce is the second Tuesday of the month from 2 until 4 consistent so there's no are there are there any plans uh, scheduled breaks or anything in that timing or is it ever you know the Wednesday the first four Wednesdays of every month and then the the but. only time we've had a scheduled break is if we, usually it's always Christmas, Thanksgiving. We may flip a week in there someplace depending on how those schedules work out. But 90% of the time, it's the first four Wednesdays of the month. Uh, our volunteers are used to that, so they show up and we go to it. Okay. And I'm sure that you can find information on this on Facebook. Yeah, so we have a Facebook page. If you just search for Cardington Community Food Pantry, uh, we try to do a pretty good job of sharing information weekly about uh, pantry days, about produce. The other thing that uh, we'd mention is that we're always looking for volunteers. Anyone, uh, whether you live in Morrow County or not, who would like to come as often or as little as you are able to give, uh, it is a big help, especially with some of the heavier lifting when we are getting sometimes five, six tons of, of food, of produce in a delivery. Uh, it takes work and we have things to do for every ability level, whether you are the person that's gonna be, you know, hoofing boxes up on the shelves or just, you know, sitting at a table and helping with, with registration, we have all sorts of ways to get people involved in the food pantry as a volunteer. Okay. Well, we'd like to thank you, John Lawyer and Wes Goodman, for being with us today to talk about the Cardington Food Pantry. And uh, maybe we'll have you again sometime in the future as the new building gets built. Okay, thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Yep, we'd like that. Now, let's switch channels here. And Wes is also involved with the... Uh, um, 
with the rededication of the monument at Glendale Cemetery on Memorial Day. So Wes, would you like to tell us what's going on that day and your need for volunteers? Absolutely. So uh, this has been a project a few years in the making, uh, actually uh, over a century in the making. So our monument has stood in Cardington since 1887 it memorializes the 303 men from Cardington who served for uh, the Union in the Civil War. Uh, a few years ago, uh, the, the chairman of our rededication efforts, Pat Druard, uh, who's a former superintendent of Cardington, noticed that our monument was starting to lean a little bit. It had some decay uh, and that really was starting to become in danger. Uh, so a fundraising effort was started uh, through Friends of Cardington to start raising the funds uh, to repair and fully restore our monument. Uh, the funds were raised, uh, thankfully, uh, almost all from our, our local community uh, and in partnership with the cemetery board. Uh, that work was completed this fall up through this spring. The monument is actually back now in the cemetery fully restored and we are going to on memorial day uh may 31st monday as part of our traditional traditional uh uh services we are going to be hosting a rededication and what we are looking for is 303 volunteers who would like to march in a column to represent the 303 names on the monument from uh, basically downtown Cardington out to the monument a little under a mile and we have a really special uh, ceremony planned at the cemetery that we would love folks to be a part of so uh, we do have a Facebook page friends of the Cardington uh, Civil War monument uh, check it out there's all sorts of information there about how to be a part of our uh, rededication plans Okay, and I've already volunteered to be a part of that, and uh, you're needing, I believe, close to 100 more people. We need about 100 more people. We think that it would be uh, just a very awesome sight for people that are lining the streets to see and visualize what that sacrifice looked like. 303 men, especially Cardington, our county was much smaller than uh, just the cost of preserving our freedom here uh, in this community, in this country. Uh, so we hope that we can get to that number. We've just really appreciated uh, how much everyone in this community has already stepped up to help, but we need more. So if you are on the fence or you've thought about it, now is the time to make a decision. We hope to see you in Cardington on Memorial Day. Okay. Well, thanks, Wes, for sharing with us about the uh, uh, Civil War Monument rededication and hope to see a lot of you there. And don't forget, we could use you to be a volunteer as well. So for information to volunteer to be one of the 303, visit the Morrowology Facebook page for the link to the Friends of the Civil War Monument in Cardington.